You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the founder and CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a PR firm that focuses on music tech. And if you're paying any attention whatsoever, you know that Music Tectonics is diving in full force to pay attention to some of the most amazing things happening in music tech that are needed right now. We're in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis. Everyone's at home. Everyone's remote, working from home, playing from home, staying home, raising children at home. The world is upside down. However, there's still opportunities in music technology. We've been doing some episodes on live streaming. We're going to kick off some episodes on remote collaboration, on music making from wherever you happen to be. And so that makes me super excited to bring in Tim Exile, the founder of Endless. Tim, how are you doing, man? I'm very, very well, all considering very, very well indeed. How are you? I'm doing all right, you know. I'm I'm spiritually surviving. I'm personally thriving. You know, the industry is quite an interesting place to be and it makes me really excited to have this conversation because of what you do. You are Tim Exile, you're an artist turned founder of a music tech startup, Endless, and how would you describe that to someone who's never seen it? So Endless is a um, it's a multiplayer collaborative uh, live music making platform an app. Um, our first product is actually launching on Tuesday the thirty first of March. Um, it's uh, it's an iOS app for i obviously for iPhones and iPads, and it basically allows you to jam together remotely live with anyone in the world. Uh, and that's really that's the really unique thing at the moment. Um, but that's the thing that really stands out because. Um, in many ways, that you know, there are plenty of collaborative music-making tools around, but they generally work on a more kind of Google Docs approach, where you know you have a, a bunch of people editing one kind of document. Whereas our approach is music-making as a conversation. So I make a riff, I send it to someone, or they get it automatically actually, and then they can remix that riff, send their own riff back, and send that on to someone else, and so it unfolds like a conversation, almost like a chat room. Wow. So we'll get a little bit more into the details of, of what that means. But where did you come from and why did you build this app? So I, um, I you know, I was an artist. Um, I spent 10 years as a recording artist. I, uh, I had a multi-album record deal with a great electronic music label called Warp Records, also home to Aphex Twin and Square Pusher uh, and some, you know, some of my favorite artists. You know, I, I was lucky enough to get signed to my favorite record label, but uh, with, yeah, which is wonderful. I mean, very, very lucky Amazing. for that to happen. But, you know, I started my musical life as a violinist. And what I loved about the violin is that you put your you put your bow on the string, you move your body, music happens. And then we stop moving your body, the music stops. Uh, so it's a very embodied way of making music. And then, you know, flash forward five years or so, I fell in love with electronic music. And I fell in love with that sound word. And I, and I immediately knew that's what I wanted to do. But you just didn't have that embodied way of making electronic music, particularly when when I started making it, which is, you know, in the sort of mid to late 90s. So I started to build uh, my own instruments. I wanted to find a way to improvise electronic music in a way that would be engaging for me and then engaging for other people. And I basically seeded into building technology products, building digital instruments. And I, you know, I tried to carve a career as a kind of improvising electronic musician 
Uh, and it was it was good, but it just wasn't as fulfilling as I wanted it to be. And uh, there was a kind of sort of road to Damascus moment at one point where I was, you know, I realised that the guy who was having the most fun in the room at these shows that I was doing was me. And that actually the opportunity for this technology uh, wasn't, like, you know, wasn't for me to build an artistic career, um, you know, an artist career off the back of it. The opportunity was to put this technology in the hands of other people and allow other people to have the kind of experience that I was having. Um, and then to allow that to happen, um, you know, online, live, remotely, which has been one of the biggest challenges for the music creation tech industry for a long time. Wow, I gotta, I gotta back up there. That is, that's pretty interesting jump to go from being the guy who's on stage performing, got a record label deal, thinking about it through the lens of a a label wanting to to sell music, to saying, you know what? Actually, this isn't about selling music. It's about making music and getting those fans, those customers, those consumers, those listeners to make the music. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Although I suppose from from the first person perspective, it's like I. I think if I've, if I'm really honest with myself, I've never really seen much of a difference between um, listening, being a being a creator and a consumer. But that's very much that's a kind of privileged perspective that that you get when you're an artist. You know, you sort of feel as as a so-called artist, one of one of these uh, you know very small elite of people um, who who get to make the music that we all listen to on Spotify. You, you're plugged into these scenes where you very much kind of exchange ideas and you listen to each other's people, um, you, you listen to each other's music and you support each other and you support each other's album releases and you go on tour with them. And uh, it's, you know, it's conversational. You don't really feel this huge kind of, you don't feel defensive about being either a, a creator or a listener. Right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So let's get into this. What, what You think it's possible for us to hear the app and then we can talk more about how it works and where you're going yeah, with sure. it? Yeah, sure. So um, I could do I do a live demo here. So I've got my iPad um, in front of me uh, with the with the app open. I probably the easiest thing to do now is actually I'll just I'll just sample something from from what I'm saying right now. I'll just grab it. Sample something from, uh, um, from and it what should I'm be right now. I'll just grab just it. Sample something playing from, back uh, from what I'm saying right now. I'll right. Just sample something <laughs> from, uh, from so I can go. Uh, what I'll do right is now. I'll I'll, I'll start to chip into that from, uh, and and turn that into something right maybe now. a bit more musical. And say I'll I'll sample that. We're, I mean we're already getting into the weird zone, but I can. <laughs> so already I've taken something quite kind of uh, abstract and turned it into a synth line, and now I've got some drums here that I can just lay down on top of it. Um, so uh, basically, I'm, I'm working into the, the loops as I go, um, and so I'm gonna gonna give that synth line a bit more grit, and so I'll put it through a reverb, and let's say I'll um, yeah, I. Um, um, So I'm just, I mean, I'm just creating as I go, you know, it's, it's, um, it's very much about free form 
improvisation um, and, you know, taking it, – it's, it's kind of based on happenstance. And um, so every single thing that I did there, mm-hmm. um, if I'd been in a public jam, which I wasn't I – was, you know, obviously I'm in a private jam right now, but I would um, – uh, those risks would automatically be shared with uh, – t- sorry, there's like loads of cheering going on outside. It's really – I think it, – so it's Everyone else. 8 p.m. here. I think, I think there's a big organized, like, applause for – Sorry, sorry. Yeah, so I'm, are people cheering outside of the windows? I think or, it's or one just of those window to window things. It must is this be one of those window to window um, things. We're, you know, I'm in a big block of flats, and there's a bunch of people uh, with balconies facing this kind of park that we've got between all the buildings. So, man, I should have sampled that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's that's this is real. This is real this time, is real, real time. life. This yeah. is what happens in a pandemic. People are desperate for human connection and to make they some really noise. Are. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very strange times. <laughs> so you were saying that um, you that if that had been in a public jam, they would get those riffs, and then in in like if they're across the the world and they're getting those riffs, are they then layering on top of that? Um, yeah. So so too. Why don't I just I'll just pop into one of the public jams right right now. So we've got so now I'm on the um, homepage of the app. Uh, where all the community jams are. And there's, we've got a jam called 140 BPM Techno Acid. So I'm going to dive in there. And I have zero idea what's going on in there right now. All I know is that someone left a riff in there about three minutes ago. So just booting this jam up uh, right now. And... <laughs> so here we go. We've got some pretty, uh, pretty brutal kind of like acid techno jam going on. Um, so I can dive into this jam right now. You know, one thing that I'm a big fan of techno claps. I'm just going to whack on some beefy techno claps. So I'm, you can hear me layering that clap on. Um, and now I sent that to the whole group. So if there's someone on uh, like in this jam right now, then I might get that riff back um, with the claps kind of remixed or something. But I, I'm just going to keep on playing. Um, um, I'm going to. So, I mean, we're already in chaos already. Actually, you know what? I'm going to roll back to those previous hats. I'm going to put some hi hats on. Maybe put some different notes over the top. jam into another jam now and see so there's a getting getting started with endless jam which can be interesting because it's a mixture of people who are literally trying out their first riffs but then you get some of the more experienced people coming in and like telling people how to do it so this is actually this is not bad stuff yeah pretty good so this is stuff that's all made with the app 
Um, and so we've got a whole bunch of users. I can I can dive in and got it. Uh, like in the mixer page, I can see all the levels, um, and I can instantly see that we've got. Uh, so there's two people who've collaborated on this, and from different uh, you know different sides of the of the Atlantic. Um, and I can go back in time. I can kind of hear like the genesis of this jam. So I'm kind of going back in time now. So you can actually take off certain instruments or tracks. Yeah, yeah. So I could say I'll go, I'll go to this bit, this riff here, and let's say I'll, I'll mute the uh, drums, and let's say I'll, uh, I'll, I can replace those with some more kind of like. I'll turn, I'll turn the tempo up a little bit, and I'll. So, you know, I've changed up the drums there. I'm playing some more hats in. Kind of remixing the hats a bit. So they're over there saying, what are you doing in my jam over here, man? You're speeding <laughs> yeah, exactly. up. And- so, so what I'm going <laughs> to do is I'm going to roll back to what the person before me was doing. And then I'm going to resend that riff because it's kind of, you know, people get very, uh, um, very specific about kind of the etiquette. Oh um, yeah. Because there is, you know, it's it's like it's like a conversation. So you know, in, in a conversation, if you just like bowl in with you know a complete change of topic, everyone's just like, dude. And uh, it's very much the same with endless. You know, if if there's a bunch of people kind of riffing away and they're they're really into a they're really kind of locked into a flow, and then someone comes in and starts. Well, basically, like musically shitposting. <laughs> then people, you know, yeah, right. they like to defend the etiquette. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you some questions about what we just did there. So you're on an iPad there. First, you did a, you did, you started a, a bit of, you sampled yourself and did a little jam, or remix that, sped it up, and then uh, built a jam around that. Then we've gone into two different jams. First was the techno acid one, and then there was the 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 fresh, the new people. I don't remember what you call that, but um, and then uh, you, you were able to go back in time on the jam to basically pull parts off. And and then add new parts, speed it up, and change it around. Um, so, and you're saying there's some etiquette around, you know, whether you change it up significantly without kind of getting some interaction from some of the original uh, players. Is that right? Yeah, that's very much right. And I think it's that's one of the things I get really excited about about Endless is that, you know, et- etiquette is 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 a kind of signifier of culture. You know, we don't have. You don't really have culture without etiquette, without sort of you know, kind of behavioural tropes that kind of identify you with a certain group or a certain tribe. Uh, and so, you know, I feel there's a really strong culture of kind of how, yeah, how people expect people to behave and, and how, say, more experienced members of the com- community will, you know, want to kind of educate new people. Uh, when new people sort of come through the door and fall into the rabbit hole of endless uh, and discover the community and start to build friendships then you know the 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 etiquette kind of propagates as the relationships propagate 
Let me ask you a, t- a slightly technical question. So when you think about remote collaboration across um, you know, distances with, with an app or a platform, latency is always an issue. My understanding is that you're, it's, this is actually asynchronous, but it's tight enough back and forth that it gets close to feeling synchronous, especially with a loop-based um, medium, right? And so really, you're, you're, it's almost like you're sending this, you're, you're putting this in the cloud, you're putting your, your riff, your, your loop in the pl- cloud, maybe with several layers on it. And then when, pe- when somebody else is on their mobile device, they get it, they start adding stuff, you don't actually hear it instantly while they're playing, do you? And there, there must be a gap between when they add something and you add something, but then if they add something right after, you guys are still working off the same kind of um, um, master document, let's say. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, technically speaking, we use a, um, a similar database technology to what Dropbox is built off. Um, it's heavily modified uh, for our for our purpose because uh, you know we had there was a lot of mods we had to do to that to to get it to work in a musical context. But um, essentially, it's very it's very similar. So, I mean, making music together live over live streaming doesn't work because the latency needs to be absolutely immediate. It needs to be sub twenty milliseconds and that with current technology might be possible with 5G, but it's definitely not possible with what we've got um, currently. But obviously, you know, now we're doing this podcast using Zencaster, and so we're, um, mm-hmm. uh, we're we, you know, we're com- we're conversing over um, well over the Atlantic, and I think the latency with um, you know uh, VoIP is usually in the region of maybe sort of three to five hundred milliseconds, and when you're in a conversation, that's kind of fine. And I've, what I find really interesting is that the way in Endless works is is more conversational. So it doesn't have to be, you, li- you don't have to be in sync with each other, but it just has to be real time enough. So, the, I mean, the latency is usually, it usually takes about, well, similar to, similar to VoIP. It's like three to 500 milliseconds for uh, someone to, uh, to send and receive a, a riff over, you know, over the internet. Uh, and that's enough for it to feel, you know, it feels real time. And I think what the, the point of real time is that it just needs to feel conversation. It needs to feel that you can respond uh, in, in a timely manner to what uh, your uh, fellow jammers have done, really. But technically, if there's five people in a jam with the latency, those five people are pulling this master track and then tweaking at the same time. They're actually working on five separate tracks. And then when they shoot it, shoot it back to the cloud, it kind of has to merge those pieces on layers onto that master track. Is that right? So there, you're actually working on um, individual documents. So, so it, it works very much like, like a chat room. But instead of sending, instead of each new message being uh, just a completely original message, each message is a remix of one of the previous messages in the chat. So let's say you start working, someone sends a riff, and um, you start working into that riff, um, adding some, adding a layer on it, and then you send that riff back as a new riff. Um, then it doesn't. It doesn't. No merging has to. No merging has to take place on the server. It's literally just what is the latest thing that's being sent. So if if you're working on riff A and I'm working on riff A at the same time, and you make riff A 2.0 and I make riff A 2.1 or something something like that, um, does it 
it just takes each addition as a layer on top. It doesn't actually ingest your combined track. It's just ingesting your layer and then it's ingesting my layer separately. Yeah, exactly. So they'll they'll both arrive. Okay. So imagine that there is imagine that there's uh, chat messages. So um, it, it just depends like. Um, did who sent the message first uh, depends it, it dictates the okay. order that they arrive in uh, so sometimes I mean if there are a lot of people uh, kind of furiously jamming away together then you can get into these kind of like com you know conflicts but but generally uh, people you know it's like if you're in a chat in a big chat room there's loads of people sending messages it, it, it kind of sucks so um, yeah. you know this is where the etiquette comes in people's first experience, what we found from you know talking to users as they've uh, you know as as they've kind of got onboarded into um, how to how to create and a jam with others on Endless, that their first experience is just like they make a riff, they post something, and then it comes back five ten seconds later, and someone's remixed it, and they're just like you know completely mind blown. They're just wow. So someone on the other side of the world has just taken my bit of music and responded to me musically. And from there, they then, you know, that's the hook. That's what hooks people into uh, making more music with Endless. And, and then, you know, they, they want to play ball. They don't want to shout over each other, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you've been in beta. And now, just now, as of March 31st, you're actually launching an iOS, iPhone, uh, iPad. Yes. How have people been using the app so far? What, I mean, is this purely like experimentation? Are people actually exporting music and doing other stuff with it? Um, tell us about all the ways people are using it. Um, so there's a, there's a number of ways. I, I'd say our core community um, have the, the people who really spend hours a day um, in the app have it's it's kind of become a, a bit of a new religion for them in in a way i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of stories about people who kind of you know came for the tool stayed for the network so they came it was just like okay this is going to be an interesting tool that i can like maybe bash around some ideas with some friends and then export them all to ableton and turn them into tracks uh flash forward two weeks and they haven't opened ableton for two weeks and so i think there's a there's a very there's a a very specific group, the people who use Endless most, I'd say, are people who basically wanted to have, have always wanted to have a musical life, but have kind of been caught between th this kind of artificial divide between listeners and creators. And they're not really the, they, they're not really bothered with making finished records, but they do want to be musical. You know, they're, they're musically gifted. They might have a musical training and that, you know, they're community minded and they love doing stuff with people. Uh, and I say those, those are our, those are our top users. Then we have a, we have a lot of other a lot of people who do kind of dive in every now and again to um, you know because it's a, it's convenient and it's quite deep it allows you to because you can kind of keep on remixing riffs and and really working into the sound you can actually get some very high quality sounding music quite quickly so there's another kind of cohorts who who use it like that who do still you know generate ideas which they then take out of endless and. Um, import them into Ableton and Cubase and Logic and Pro Tools and so on to to create music from. And then I'd say there's some there's kind of like more kind of gamer style people I'd say who who um, really who just like to mess around who just like the experience of it and um maybe maybe kind of less concerned with the quality or even the etiquette and maybe kind of just play around um, you know 
people for whom it occupies a candy crush time, um, but without that sort of feeling that you've just literally thrown um, half an hour down the drain. <laughs> you know, you still have, after half an hour, you come away with a whole bunch of riffs, which you're quite happy with. And, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe they'll share them to social media. And are, are people doing that? Are they sharing it to social media? Yeah, yeah, there are. There are quite a few people. Um, if you... Yeah, if you well, if you follow if you follow Endless FM on Instagram and, and Twitter, you'll see. Uh, you know, we quite often retweet uh, these. Actually, one of the one of the artists who we work with uh, quite closely and who's a big supporter of uh, us, uh, this guy called Flux Pavilion, who you may well have heard of. He's quite a well known EDM producer, and currently he's um, he started uh, completely off his own back. He started this initiative called uh, March of the Endless, where he created 31 individual little riffs just you know, purely, purely within the riff or purely within endless and he's posting one of those every day um for the month of march so i'd also i'd highly recommend uh, you know following flux pavilion and listening to some of the stuff he's doing it's, in, it's incredible i mean you know a lot of his fans have been asking for those ideas to be turned into full releases has he not yet put them out on SoundCloud or Spotify or anything like that? No. Well, this is the really interesting thing. It's that they they are they just um so far they exist as ideas, and I'd say I, I don't know. I need to check check in with him and actually see how how he feels, how his audience have responded to it, and whether he'd then want to kind of take those ideas and then turn them into commercial releases. Because I know I've seen a few comments on them. People are just like, "Man, when when is this going to be? Yeah, when's this? When's the full version going to be on Spotify?" But What's interesting here is I think that this small unit of of music, just the little idea, the little riff that you know has the same function of as say you know a tweet or an Instagram post. That it's it's more a document of a moment rather than necessarily a piece of kind of long tail content in its own right. What what happens with the uh, the rights, the splits on a, on a riff that has multiple collaborators and then somebody exports it. D- do you have a way of managing, dare I ask this question on a podcast? <laughs> do you have a way of <laughs> yeah. managing this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, I mean, you know, we're um, completely straight up. We we just don't, you know, we're, we're an early stage startup. We just don't, we don't have the technical resources to fully solve this problem, but we we have a plan. And what we're aiming to do, it tracks authorship through the platform. Um, it doesn't track it with the resolution we'd like to track it currently. And there are some instances where, let's basically, if you remix someone's layer, then that layer then gets attributed to you. And what, what we're working on next is an algorithm that then creates splits even within the layers. So each riff can have up to eight layers. Uh, we're getting into you know the technical weeds here. But, but basically, we, cur- we currently track authorship to a certain degree through the platform. Um, the license agreement for Endless is... Um, you own the stuff you do on Endless and you give um, Endless and everyone else on the platform a license to do whatever they want to do with your stuff on Endless, but that that's a sandbox. So Endless is basically a sandbox um, and it's very safe because we track the authorship and at some point, we don't have this in at the moment, but at some point we'll have you know very kind of granular permissions and you can be very precise about who you'll allow to export your stuff um, in what condition, you know, under what uh, license agreements you'll um, allow people to export stuff or maybe you won't allow them to export stuff at all and you know all that will be managed and all all that is incoming and and that's actually very it's very exciting for us because I think there are big technical there are big technical hurdles to really kind of free-flowing collaboration 
which I feel we've we've certainly got some good solutions for. But then there are big kind of legal and you know rights issues around this, and you know we want to solve them both because ultimately. We want people to feel safe that they can just collaborate with anyone, anywhere, and basically, you know, we've we've got you, we've we've got your back. Um, if you want to carefully manage your rights, you can do it. If you don't care and you just wanna you just wanna interact with people, and that's how you see the value of music, then also, you know, we've got you as well. Yeah. Is there anything happening on the app that you did not expect in terms of community use, or to flip it? Some any any interesting things that have come. I mean, you've talked a little a little bit about it. Um, are there any other just like oh wow, that's cool. I mean, there's some really really stunning music that that's been made. Um, I, I think the best the best story we have is that there's a there's a band um, who met on Endless, just jamming together in the public jams. They're based in the UK, US, Canada, and Sweden. They've never met in person, and they've written a full record together on endless i mean they took they took it out and did a bit of editing in ableton but you know the 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 music itself was written on endless and uh we're going to be releasing it shortly we've you know we've helped them get it mastered and that's going to be going on spotify soon and and that's that's really quite thrilling that, that's a story that every time i tell it i slightly have to kind of like yeah you know, I, I i do get a bit emotional about it because and even you know listening to the music and the, mu- the music is really good as well and just to think that these people have created meaningful music around meaningful relationships that have been brokered by by, by endless in the community that's uh, that's you know sprung up around it that's awesome yeah I mean I was hoping that we'd see um, you know uh, um, musical instruments and platforms and apps like yours start to do more of that um, and it's so cool how you've sort of st- sidestepped the latency thing by being based on loops um, still allowing for full-on collaboration with people who are nowhere near each other could never really be in the same room um, and now you've got a whole band from four different countries that's very cool let's let's talk about what's going on with the current uh, covid 19 crisis and all the self-isolation are you, I mean I know you're right now you're in beta so you have a limited number of users um, are you seeing any early indication of people ramping up their remote collaboration right now under the circumstances of quarantines and and uh and lock-ins and all that yeah absolutely i mean you know we've we've got we've just got a few thousand um users or a few thousand installs of the app so it's tight you know it's tiny numbers at the moment still but um we're yeah we're seeing a huge amount of interest um also you know our, our daily user numbers are, are, are just going up and this is this is um, amongst a uh, a community that you know hasn't. I mean, there are ways for people to invite each other, but it's hard. It's hard to get on the beta. Um, you know, it's not. I mean, that's going to change on Tuesday once we're in the App Store. But um, yeah, we're seeing a lot of interest. We're seeing a lot of old users coming back to collaborate. We're seeing people spend more time in the app. Uh, we're seeing more and more hourly users. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 ticking up. Uh, I mean, I, it's hard. You know, in, in some ways, it's hard to separate that from. You know, we we are approaching launch the product is getting better there's certainly a lot of interest in what we're doing now specifically in the last week or two 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 I mean, that makes sense for a lot of reasons. In fact, it brings the question of, you know, the entire world economy is kind of grinding to a halt. And here you are launching this thing. But I actually think it might be the perfect time to launch. What has been your what's been going through your head as a founder who's been building up for so long? I mean, we met at Meetem Lab uh, where you won Meetem Lab uh, startup competition in 2019. Was that last June? Yeah, I think so. It was last year. Yeah, last June. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and you already had a very well-functioning product at that point. What's been going on in your head of, oh, here's my launch time, and then the world starts going up in flames? <laughs> well, not literally, but um, emotionally. <laughs> emotionally, yeah. Yeah. No, it's very, very weird um, for us. I mean, you know, obviously my, my background is a, as a musician and, um, you know, my my social timelines are full of people whose livelihood has just just disappeared. You know, I've got, you know, my very good friend, I mean, actually very good friend, the guy who basically got me to um, at least introduce me to Warp in, in the first place. You know, his, his agency is um, under mortal threat. Uh, you know, he he's, runs a big booking agency and, so all that's going on um, on one side, but then you know we're just about to launch this product that that is kind of exactly the right product at exactly the right time, and I'm I feel humbled. I think I feel a sense of like service weirdly that that now okay it's not you know under normal operating conditions you know you're you're a startup you just like go launch this get users like get investors go win you know play this whole game but now it's the whole tone around the thing feels it's like okay now we're actually it feels a little bit like we're becoming a sort of public service um i mean it's not you know we're by no means key workers um but i think you know what we're offering uh as you know we've heard from our um community on discord it's actually providing um some you know solace for people so uh so for that yeah i feel humbled and, and grateful in, in in a weird way and and kind of moved yeah hey man it's why you're doing it right well yeah exactly exactly yeah uh, and and it it's just that that sense of purpose um i think it's very it can be easy as a founder um you know when you go through you go through all the hurdles and all the obstacles and all the crises and all the near-death experiences that you go through uh, to kind of lose that sense of of purpose about what you're doing but at a time like this you know it comes flooding back really does yeah that's intense man it brings a new it brings a new meaning to captive audience doesn't it (laughs) yes yes it does yeah yeah so uh do you think in the bigger picture as more people make their own music they'll be more or less interested in listening to commercial releases i don't think so at all i you know, well, I looked at I looked at my musician friends uh, as an example of this. My musician friends listen to more music than my non-musician friends. So, and sort of harking back to what I was saying earlier, I think once you once you adopt a more kind of creative mindset around any medium, your your interest in the medium uh, goes up, wh- whether it's what you create or what other people create. Um, you know, your your sense of your kind of aesthetic bandwidth kind of goes up. So, I, I think. You know, as we've seen with, uh, you know, with video, um, you know, now, now everyone's a videographer to some extent. The level of appreciation of of film, or, I mean, the, the entire world of the moving image is much bigger. You know, the 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 whole industry has grown off the back of that. So, I strongly believe that that music creation and listening is is by is definitely is the opposite of a zero sum game. It's an infinite sum game. <laughs> no, this, that's kind of over-egging it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so we'll talk a little bit at the end here about how people can get involved and, and try out the app. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, what is your monetization model for Endless? So um, we at, um, at launch on Tuesday, there's a, um, a, a premium subscription service. We've decided in the current climate that we're actually going to make it free um, for two months. Uh, we were originally going to do a seven-day trial period for the subscription, but we're just, you know, we, we've we've sort of like, we've been born into a give-first world, uh, and that's really important. So uh, so the entire app is going to be free um, for the first two months for, for everyone. But then it's going to be, um, it's a four forty nine uh, per month subscription, and that gets you the that gets you on the infinite subscription tier which gives you an extra an extra library of sound packs that's updated regularly it also gives you infinite recall of all the jams you're in so you can go back uh to you know the year dot when the jam started and listen back to everything if you're not on the infinite tier you can listen to the most recent stuff but you know it's it's like like slack um, you know, you sort of pay, you pay for the infinite recall. We're also working on, uh, we've got some announcements coming soon about other platforms and other services that we're rolling out. But, um, you know, we're focusing what we're talking about for now on the mobile app and, and how we're going to monetize. We're also talking to, um, you know, to manufacturers and artists about ways that we can use the platform to um, expose them to new audiences, uh, new fans, um, and that's that's particularly interesting for us um, because you know we in the long run we'd like to be um, you know a marketplace of some sort where you know the, the top creators on the platform can uh, generate revenue where manufacturers who make the products that people can use with endless um, can uh, you know find new users find new customers and then also you know people can uh, license content from the users on the platform etc so we look we're we're looking at multiple different revenue streams um, at the moment. But the first one is, you know, it's more of a sort of pay-to-play thing. Um, it's the new 360 degrees of the music industry. It used to be about artists, and now it's about marketplaces. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it is, it is. But the thing is, I mean, marketplaces, where, you know, if you really do a marketplace well, I mean, it, um, you can really build a community around it. Um, and I think the... I think we're past the days where you can really build a strong kind of purpose-led community that that just has, uh, you know, around kind of one-way monetization, really. I think there needs to be some kind of revolving door um, that allows people to, to be, um, uh, you know, consumers and creators on the same platform. Love it, love it. So if people want to try out the app, Endless has three S's at the end, Endless right and they can just look you up on march 31st right in the app store yes um so you can head right now you can head to endless with three s's.fm um you can sign up to our mailing list um and then but obviously in the in the app store it's we're going to be in the app store 31st of march um in in the morning um uh, if you get on our mailing list then um we'll we'll send you a notif- notification and a reminder but um but yeah come come grab the app i don't actually know when the podcast is going out it's probably going to be around April 1st. So oh, right. by the time this is up, um, people can find it. So, But that's cool. 
Um, so, uh, Tim, uh, this has been super fun. I wonder if you might take us out with a jam, but let me first say thank you for listening to the Music Tectonics podcast. Please hit subscribe. We're going to keep this series going. I guess now maybe we should have hashtag captive audience for the whole, whole series about live streaming, collaborative music, remote music, music education from afar. Um, yeah, we've got captive audience going out. So hit subscribe. Go to musictectonics.com to sign up for our newsletter. Find out about our weekly webs days. We're now doing every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern. We're doing meetups for the entire month of April. We may continue beyond that. Um, so we'll be doing some stuff on live streaming and remote music and so forth there. So keep listening. Tim, you do you, you think you could take us out on a jam? I will. I certainly will. So I'm actually going to dive into a jam, one of our community jams called Hollow Earth, which is set up by one of our one of our top users who's a big tom york fan and she set up this jam um as a, as a kind of like homage to tom york but i'm just going to go in there pick up the latest thing that's been done um and iterate on a few riffs and maybe browse back through um any other stuff that's been going on so awesome thanks so okay, much Tim. thank you thanks dimitri <laughs> listening to Music Tectonics.